Like, come on, love, aren't you just joking? Shut up. Had enough of keeping our mouth shut. It's time for some serious fat chat. Vulvas and sex. I won't stop talking. Pits, pubes, ovaries spoken. Let power follow through her highness. Who runs the world? V is for vagina. Hello and welcome to V is for Vagina, the podcast where we discuss and have honest conversations about vaginas uh, for people who have vaginas. Uh, my name's Em. And my name's Hannah. Uh, and yeah, Hannah, how are you going this week? Well, it's really been, for me, it's really been quite a tiring week. I've had one of those weeks where it's like every day kind of blurred into one because I didn't stop and I didn't really go home. Um, but there have been a few interesting conversations. Um, and I was I was talking with a colleague about the fact we do this podcast and about the fact that I, you know, I will say the word vagina very loudly at work and it doesn't affect me. And we started a conversation actually uh, with my line manager, my boss, who's really great. And she was talking about how um, actually... A member in her family has a prolapse and is going to have like a whole lot of surgery and that she's been getting all these really weird looks because she's now in a in a stage where she's had to talk about vaginas quite loudly on the phone a lot too what um, your boss or her my, boss, my boss oh my wow boss. oh god so so i feel like we're having a little bit of a kind of a renaissance of like speaking loudly about vaginas and prolapses oh, uh, vaginal prolapses um in the, in the workspace, uh, which is really quite illuminating. Yeah, that's um, good. Yes. Wow, good for you. Yeah, I feel like it is good for us. And I think that um, it's inspiring me as we go forward into this podcast today um, to to take more pride in the fact that we do speak loudly and proudly. Yeah, I found it, I actually, the, well, the session, the sort of session we ran that sort of inspired this podcast at this conference we both went to, that came up at work for me. And I actually found it a bit weird i found it a bit awkward i feel like um i really yeah no i have like i have absolutely lovely colleagues and i i think they're great but um yeah a couple of the boys sort of seem to find it quite funny that we were doing a podcast about uh, vaginas um yeah but you know i mean i think it's probably part of that process of like um yeah it's breaking part of... down those barriers but maybe maybe it's also just like a work context i'm not sure if it would have been the same thing had they been like yeah i i do get pub, for example i have been taken aside before at work to say you do realize hannah that, that you know you don't have to tell us everything no can you tell and, them everything i i i do struggle not to tell people in general everything i'm a maybe too much of an open book um but actually um i i really enjoy the fact that even though you know, I could take it the wrong way, but like basically a lot of people at work do think I'm, you know, slightly bonkers and I'm definitely sort of like out of the box. And, you know, the the world of work I'm in, it's not so difficult to have people um, who go around talking so loudly about all the things I do. Um, and I quite like that and it makes me feel quite empowered. And, and I hope that through listening to this podcast, um, we will have some listeners who feel similarly empowered and maybe we'll start a whole load of conversations that start to break down the not safe for work it'd be quite funny if like you know maybe not even just our podcast but just generally like had podcasts of different like sort of like taboo subjects on in the workplace that could be kind of fun yeah it's like maybe there's a new campaign in there that someone can start up yeah (laughs) maybe there is yeah um so what we thought we'd talk about today on on this episode um which is our uh, second episode um, of our Vs for Vagina podcast series is we wanted to have a conversation around language because I think that, um, you know, 
if the words we use to describe our bodies either growing up or as adults have like a profound impact I think on the way that we sort of understand ourselves and I think particularly for people who have vaginas um the sort of hush hushness around uh yeah vaginas as you grow up is like quite a significant thing um so how do I thought we'd talk about that today uh and one of the things we watched was this um this BBC video about whether we need a new name for the vagina, which I personally think is absurd uh, and fundamentally the answer is no. So I didn't actually watch the, watch the video initially, <laughs> but then I thought I should because we were going to reference it on this podcast. Um, what do you think, Hannah? Like, how do you feel like language has sort of impacted your relationship with your vagina? Um, I kind of don't remember when I started using the word vagina. Like, I really... I feel like it sort of happened all of a sudden and I don't remember when. But what I do really remember quite strongly is that when I moved to London, one of the reasons I moved here was to be around my little cousins because there's quite a big age gap between my uncle and my mum. And so I've got little cousins who are like, you know, they're now they're five and eight. Um, and when I moved to London, they were babies, toddlers. And I used to babysit a lot. And I remember giving them baths and helping with that. And... Um, that hesitation in my mind, like when they when we wanted to like refer to them to wash, like did we say wash your front bottom or are we wash gonna your wash your front bottom, bottom now <laughs> or your ninny or like you know and, yeah it's amazing and the words that you come up with to like not to say not say the word is, like, vagina kind of or all the world like, verbal Olympics like, I, mean, it's ridiculous. I I agree with you and like but but what was what's quite interesting to me is obviously when I'm referring to my own body. I don't have any sense... Like, I don't feel weird using the word vulva or vagina or, you know, using the actual, like, anatomical words. Um, and in many ways, I feel more comfortable using those words than the words that... The euphemisms, if you like, that people choose to use to avoid those words. But when I was talking to my little cousins or, like, even when I've worked a lot with kids in daycare, like, would their parents be angry if I used the word vulva or the word vagina? And I think that's where it's been, like, a really fascinating... Um, exploration for me because I think it's one thing thinking about what do I use to refer to my own body but actually there's something so crucial about the language you use with children like you were saying that, that, that what does it mean that you know we have these hesitations in our mind about would their parents consent to us using the word vagina and it's really like it's quite I think absurd well yeah I mean I think that there is this sort of like because you know vagina is not a, it's not a rude word I mean like, I think it's as people always talk about saying the words like vagina and penis I think to some extent as well with younger children yeah as if you're like saying and I'm gonna swear now like fuck like it's not the same yeah. thing like it's not a swear word but we sort of because I think they refer to parts of the body that are you know I guess so overly sort of sexualized and only sort of seen in this very sexual mm -hmm. way it sort of becomes part of that sort of like rude word category and I find that really interesting because my parents are very like frank with me growing up like I right. I only knew the like anatomical names for things because they were the only words my parents ever taught me right. um I yeah, also well there was also this restaurant near my house which was called Papa Giovanni's which is like Italian <laughs> restaurant which I only ever referred to as Papa Vaginas which is like <laughs> my parents favorite story to tell me whenever we go past oh. it when we're back in Sydney um but yeah like I think it's really interesting how you know but like what that message that actually sends to young people and and to us about you know you know when you when you put that sort of taboo sort of the wrong word but when you put that sort of um sort of naughtiness or like inappropriateness around those kinds of words I think it does reiterate how you understand them as part of your body and I think that you know when there is such a sort of 
mystery and sort of shrewd like like judgment around um vaginas in our sort of society you know the language is so important because it can be either like really empowering or quite demeaning i think yeah i think it can be um and and i think i find it really interesting personally um about you know like some of the i guess maybe it's regionally or like you know Maybe it's too social economic background, but some of the ridiculous words that people come up with. I wonder whether we should play a game of vagina bingo. Vagina bingo. Try yeah, and come up bingo. with like some some fun words that we've heard being used. Um, so maybe if we get some of the obvious ones out of the way first. Yeah, sure. So. Um... So pussy. Pussy. And I quite like the word pussy. Like, I think it's, like, quite... That's because you like cats. That's I, like, I fucking hate cats. <laughs> like, I don't want anything on my body being referred to. I just... I'm also allergic to them. And I, I just... I just... No, I, I, I genuinely... Not in, like, a... Um, not in the way that's, like, oh, you're a pussy, like, oh, you're really weak. Because I also think it's ridiculous that, like, you know, vaginas are sort of associated with weakness when, like, we literally, like, push people through them and like then go uh, like discharge from the nhs 24 hours later like that's bizarre to me but um no, no seriously well, we'll get to that later we'll come to that later yeah but um i think that like yeah it's like quite a funny word it's a fun word whatever and i think it can be i mean a lot of like um sort of modern sort of feminists particularly feminist comedians i think use the word pussy quite, yeah uh, for sure um but then of course we had uh trump kind of ruin that for everyone and, it, and genuinely it's like really changed my relationship with the word having heard him sort of be the predator that he is um but we've got pussy and then uh obviously we've got uh we, there's a lot of words fanny it, we've got fanny fanny front bottom is one like, i swear that i use no one front bottom no no we use front bottom i remember saying front bottom growing up maybe it's manchester i don't Your know dad's a guy in colleges. i know <laughs> <laughs> yeah well because it, yeah well just because someone's a gynecologist doesn't necessarily mean that uh they don't use funny words now and again. Mm. Do you know what I actually remember? And this is funny. I remember when I was about five, four, four or five years old, like, I guess I discovered, like, my own labia. And I, like, remember, like, or whatever, running around, like, and being like, Daddy, look, I've got a mini willy inside. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad just... <laughs> and my dad just going, like, oh, God. Wait, was like, this in public? Or was this just at home or in front of... No, like, after a bath. No, after like, bath. with my mum and dad being like, look, I've got a little willy. Like, sat my brother, my brother has a willy, obviously. Yeah. And I was like, I've got a little willy. And I was so excited about it. I was like, I've literally discovered the most incredible thing. Yeah. I thought it was incredible. Um... Well, you know, they are they are quite incredible. They are quite incredible. I was Maybe incredibly like excited. Good foreshadowing for your subsequent yeah. patron life. I guess love fest with the vagina. I guess we're starting to come full circle now. That mm. you know, maybe my dad didn't realise then. You know, when he sort of my dad, when he sort of like realises something's happening that he doesn't really want to like engage with, he does like this funny groan noise. He's <laughs> always done it. It's one of my favourite sounds, and he goes like. Mm, Hannah, <laughs> and it's really funny, and it reminds me of kind of like a train failing to like start up or something. I don't know, and and I imagine I doubt that he thought when I ran in with my pretend little Willie that one day I would end up talking about him on a podcast. Yeah, I'm sure he's um, really appreciative. I'm sure he's really proud of this uh, conversation. Anyway, yes, right. Sorry. More words for vagina. Well, I was at, I was at the pub like last year, and I someone referred to it as the flim flam, which I also thought was ridiculous. <laughs> flim flam. <laughs> I feel like I might start calling mine like my special omelette or Not something after that. <laughs> 
Um, Why did someone say Hot Pocket? Hot Pocket, and yeah. Thought, the V is the one that, you know, people use because, you know, you can say the the uh, first letter but you can't actually say the full three syllables. Yeah, my V. Vaginas. I think that's a bit weird, personally. I it's suppose they were weirder weird. ones we've spoken about, but I think that's a bit strange. I think of Winston Churchill when you say yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I All I can think too. about now is Winston Churchill eating pussy, which is a bit <laughs> oh weird. God. bit weird. He probably did. He might have been very good I'm, at it. I'm sure. He was very good at lots of things. Who knows? Um, He's a weird guy, though. Anyway, um, off on that off that tangent. I mean, there are heaps. I mean, I remember the ones that I uh, remember from school were, like, ones to do with, like, Fish Taco and Salmon Canyon, which is also, like... Horrible because it's sort of I I think they're the ones where it starts to become like derogatory and then you feel a bit uncomfortable because there's obviously a distinction between words that are sort of slightly like um you know uh, euphemisms I guess for the vagina that mm. you might say I think particularly you know around young people and children um whether you agree with that or not and then there's also the ones that are sort of deliberately said to sort of make it um make it like a, a, ne- a negative right like a yeah and problem. I think. I think it's actually really important to think about well why why do we need a euphemism and um, I know for sure like I've seen a lot of kind of like old cartoons like historically from like the early modern period and medieval period where like there are these women who like scare away the devil with their vulva and um, it's really quite incredible and profound and I I wonder um, you know now that we're in a fairly secular world where like we don't I mean I don't I believe if the devil like was here now I'm not sure that the sight of me with my legs akimbo <laughs> would do much to, you know, to defeat any kind of, you know, dark magical mystery. I don't, evidently, I do not understand how the devil yeah. works. It's a devil magic. I don't really understand this. But I, I, I think, like, it's, um, have we retained something of that notion of, you know, that evil and that sorcery? And, and I think that in those times, it wasn't taken as, oh, the vagina's like a really powerful, amazing thing. It can scare away the devil. It was like, it's so bad. <laughs> Even the devil can't hack it. And I mean, yeah, I mean, I think also, I mean, the only point I would make about language sort of in defence of like maybe the euphemisms or whatever, because obviously generally I, I try to just talk about vagina, say the word vagina and use vagina generally. Uh-huh. Is that obviously sometimes maybe, for example, in like, like a sexual context, you might want to use different words as sort of yeah. part of that. Like, I don't know if I'd, how I'd respond with someone was like, uh, like you have a you have a great vulva like <laughs> I don't know <laughs> like in the in the moment whether that's going to be you know uh the most um desirable thing to say maybe so I think there are like obviously like language there are reasons and also like language, language, language I think is about how we I'm trying to make yeah the language is about how we express ourselves and, and I think that I think that I think one of the really important things I think actually about any kind of like feminist movement is about allowing people allowing women or you know in the context of like you know cis-centric you know misogyny if you like is allowing women to kind of have the choice in what they want to use what words they want to use to reclaim their own bodies and their own experiences and i think that's actually quite an important thing um but i do want to talk a little bit about how um vaginas are how words for vaginas um you know do you know, are used so frequently as insults and, and not just insults, but like the worst insults. So like the word cunt, for example. I mean, I fucking love the word cunt. I would say cunt all day long. Cunt, cunt, cunt. I love saying cunt. <laughs> but um, uh, for those of you actually, we haven't okay, mentioned it before. Yes, trigger warning, <laughs> I guess. I'm offended by that, sorry. <laughs> um, 
I, you know, I actually, so I have only 40% of my hearing. And one of the reasons I really like the word cunt is because it's one of the e sounds, one of the words that's really easy for me to hear. Really? So, yeah, because that's it's such a hard consonant. The C is hard. You, It's just great. Um, and not to mention, I was a big fan of RuPaul's Drag Race when, you know, when it was on with subtitles, which rarely happens now. So if anyone's out there working on some subtitling, please do RuPaul's Drag Race because I would like to watch the most recent four seasons. Um, and they they say cunt and they say charisma, uniqueness, nerve and talent. That's and amazing. I just, I love my cunt now because I'm just like charisma, uniqueness, nerve and talent. I love it. Um, but obviously in the, in the first context I want to talk about, like cunt is seen as the absolute worst swear word you can say. Um, and I think that for me, like, I don't want us to demonise um, the word cunt because I think it's a really powerful word. And actually, um, as well as the fact that, you know, I can actually hear it, which is great. Like, it's one of it has sounds that it's really easy for me to hear. Um, cunt in pagan times, from like what I've read, um, was actually the an anatomical word that people used and vagina was like the ruder one really and it swapped Hannah you're full of knowledge I, I, I really do try I really do try I read a lot of internet I think it's interesting though because I, I also really like saying the word cunt and I also quite like referring to people as being a bit cunty when I say so do like I so and, do I, I, and I think it's really there is this sort of split um, with people who think it's it's a very misogynist word and that because it's sort of like often level, particularly levelled at women I think and you know yeah. it has edited it's a word that a lot of people don't like to say. But also, I grew up in Australia, so we say cunt all the time. And right. we often use it as a term of affection. So it's like, for me, I've got quite a weird relationship with the word. Right. Um, I mean, I definitely think there is something around, you know, like uh, how um, sort of those kind of vagina-related sort of insults are often, as I just said, like sort of referred to like weakness and like... Um, you know, being a bit pathetic, you know, so being a pussy or, you know, being a cunt, like being an arsehole or whatever, um, compared to sort of like penis related insults. I think it's sort of slightly different, but you know, I, I've, I, so I often say, I'll often say, um, like grow a pair of ovaries and get over yeah. it. Yeah. Sort of <laughs> I, I always say. say grow a vagina because oh. I'm not being funny, but you, you know, testicles, you know, they're not going to, they can't hold they're, much they're up. Dumb. Like, I mean, they're, they're actually, you know, they're not going to protect you from anything, you know. And, you know, and like you said earlier, you know, childbirth, a vagina can take a right battering. It does. Um, and, then, and then you have to, I still don't understand why we have to go home like 24 hours I mean, you later. don't if you pay to go to, if you, if you are I, I privileged and you, like, yeah, this is, come up. it will <laughs> come up at later. We have very different um, opinions about childbirth and I've always, I don't know, it's always fascinated me. No. I find it like really. Fa- this is where being a gynecologist daughter comes in. Like I'm really, <laughs> really. I think childbirth is like the most. I think, like, did you know in pregnancy that your uterus grows to over five hundred times? Yeah, no, I know all that. And I think that's I don't mind fucking the incredible. And I'm like, I'm just like, bit. whoa. Bit I think the because... pregnancy bit is weirder because you have like a whole no, human being be inside you. Like, just be, yeah, but then I can just be like as irritable and angry and eat whatever I want and no one's going to say a word and I'm always gonna I mean I'm not you. quite sure that's true but you you go ahead thinking <laughs> that um. no trust me it'll happen <laughs> um anyway sorry we digress but I think yeah I think that um obviously I mean it's a fairly obvious point obviously there's sort of patriarchal language we use and like you know penis related insults are quite different and I also um, think that like there's sometimes it's um like if you call a guy a dick like sometimes that's not even like an insult to him 
Like if you say, like, "Oh, you're being no, such a dick," like people can be like, "Oh, I'm such what?" <laughs> that might just be the men you're calling dicks. Though. <laughs> that might like, just be the men that you're calling dicks. Maybe it might, just, like, water off it might go over the head, but I, I just feel like it's just it's a sort of thing where it gets marked down to well, boys will be boys, like it's lad culture, whatever. Like they're a bit of a dick because boys will be boys, you know. Like it, it's it's like it's not really taken yeah. seriously, and I. You know, and I do feel like... Um, but I think... I don't know if that's so specific to the language, though. I'm tr- I, th- I don't know if that's just... Maybe. Like, that's a fair point. Um, and I do feel like... What I find that's really funny about me is that, like, I use the word cunt in many contexts. Like I said, I really like it, so I will just use it as often as I can so that I get to say it because I really like the way it sounds. Um, but what I do find is, like, I, when, I, when someone's being, like, a real cunt, like, in a negative sense, Sometimes if I really dislike them, I don't want to call them a cunt because I really like cunts and I was just I like I kind of don't yeah. want to tarnish the cunt with the nasty person. And then I get like feeling very conflicted about if I've been rude to my word cunt by by associating it with someone that I really don't like. And it, you can imagine this is all quite, you know, traumatic in my head and it goes round and round and I get quite worked up about it. And, <laughs> and then, the and then I worry and too like, much. Yeah, and then, and then by the time that I've been thinking in my head, well, do I want to call that person a cunt or not? Or am I going to call this person a cunt? The conversation has moved on and I'm like 10 minutes behind and I'm still thinking about whether I feel bad to the cunt. Um, so I, I do personalise the word slightly too much and I do think of it as like a friend that I like. And, and I don't want to upset it by making it feel like it has to associate itself with not nice people. Yeah, and I think it's like a people. very like, serious point around the idea of like when you when you make the vagina a negative or derogatory or people who have vaginas as like something that to be like, um, something to be feared or to be or like insulted or whatever. Like I think it has like a real real life impact. Like I think there is an element where like people do feel uncomfortable talking about their their vaginas like I think that is something that people generally do feel and and Mm. that language stuff does impact on that um and I guess it's just something that I feel is really important um, because (laughs) I'm doing a lot of um reading at the moment about how we communicate and what kind of scripts and narratives we put forward into society and into our lives and I think that it's really important on one level to just make sure that we think about the language they're using and how that doesn't sort of exist outside the sort of wider social spaces in which we operate and particularly around um this kind of issue where there's already so much um i guess sort of negative stuff around vaginas in the world and how and like sort of hatred towards women's bodies and those kinds of things like i think that you know if you can be have a nice word to say about the vagina you should you should put that into the world yeah i agree with you and i think if we go back to where we started with thinking about you know young girls or um, young people with vaginas um you know i think that we all have an obligation to to think quite carefully now about how do we want to create a new society in which it's okay from the word gay for people to refer to their vaginas as as vaginas as that yeah and that they are educated in schools about what vaginas are you know like we did our session where we asked people to label um a diagram of a vulva and the only people in the room who were able to do it were two male gynecologist yeah. um and and that was really upsetting to and be fair, there were those glands that you and i were just like we have no idea what they are what they do pardon <laughs> what were the glands called the glands they are called um they start with a b oh, they're glands but i think the fact we know they're glands is fine 
Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling myself that I actually did sit down <laughs> and memorise it. Podcast, as you can probably tell. Yeah, I did. I promise. Like I did sit down and memorise them. Like, but then I kept forgetting we again. We know all the other bits, but like the, the glands. I've never heard of the glands. I feel like the glands, glands are very important, though. Yeah, I don't really know. What I think do. I will Google it. Everybody listening, make sure you Google the glands. The glands are being forgotten, and it's not fair. Yeah, I mean, we will we will do a podcast about like how do we how do you think we should how we think we should sort of maybe educate about the vagina, and we'll probably get a couple of people on to talk about that as well. But I think yeah, I think you're right, Hannah. I think it is about you know making sure people feel comfortable. Um, yeah, and I think also that we're not just teaching about our reproductive organs, if you like, solely in the context of being reproductive organs, and that there's a social education that goes in there too. Um, because obviously, you know, in today's, you know, context where we're not all just being here to breed more small humans into the world, we we have an obligation to think about these things in the wider context of the socio-political as well as in um, the biological. Yeah, definitely. And I think that, um, well, I think there's also an important point uh, that you and I should probably in some level address in terms of like the sort of the vagina centrism within sort of our feminism and like why that's important yes. to us and um you yeah, know recognizing it... how that in itself might or could come across as a bit exclusionary particularly towards trans women or trans yes. people or non-binary people and um i i think there's a really interesting conversation to have around like you know a lot of women will you know do have vaginas and therefore it is a very important part of the experience of a lot of women but it's not like that's not the only experience of women in the world and how do we make sure we have that balance yes yeah and i i have to admit that i find it a a very confusing conversation to have because on the one hand i feel as a as a cisgendered woman um that that the vagina itself is really central to a lot of the oppression that we face and that actually when you're thinking about abortion rights some of these some of the things that we are fighting for you know, within the feminist movement are going to come across as trans exclusionary, unfortunately, because if you are, if you want to use the emblem of the vagina and having um, ownership over one and that ownership's being taken away by laws or by, by other forms of misogyny, that it's a really, it's something I really struggle with and I'm really trying to stretch my mind and educate myself um, to think really critically actually about um, how do we build a movement that, that doesn't only focus, like you say, on one kind of experience, but actually acknowledges that for for many, many women, the most fundamental rights that are being taken away from them are going to be ones around reproductive rights where actually being able to reclaim the vagina as something that we own and that should belong to us is a really central tenet to that. And and, and like I said, it's it's a really confusing conversation and I'm sure we'll explore it another time as well. Yeah, I think I think it's also, you know, neither of us pretend to have all the answers on these things and we will um endeavor to sort of bring those voices the voices that we obviously can't um put forward as two cis women um to bring into this conversation as we continue um and you know i I think it's just about ensuring that we sort of we are conscious of that kind of thing and particularly when we are doing a podcast that's centered so obviously so clearly around um the vagina uh but you know these are all conversations we hope to be having and um yeah i think that's that's enough for this week what are you what are you getting up to this evening hannah are you doing anything very exciting i'm going to a charity uh fundraising pub quiz oh that'll be fun yeah i don't know will they be around on vaginas 
I I wish there would be, darling. You know, <laughs> I really wish there would be. Um, but unfortunately, it is being held in a synagogue. So, um, probably not. Probably unlikely, but you know, There's maybe great... one day we will have a Views for Vagina pub quiz and all of the questions will be around vaginas and related issues. Yeah, we should do and that. And that, that would be great. We should do that. So, hey, on that notion, stay well, tuned, folks. Yeah, do. And if you want to contact us, um, you can email us on vsforvaginapodcast at gmail.com. Um, email us your maybe favourite vagina-related anecdotes or suggest a subject for a podcast or if you just want to send us some some feedback, please please do get in touch. And you can also follow us on Twitter, um, V is for Vagina. Oh, no, sorry, it's V for Vagina, uh, at V for Vagina. Yeah, God. Can you remember I'll, I'll it? Get, I'll get better at doing that. We shall at improve. Vagina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, thanks so much for listening, and we'll, we'll speak to you next week. Hey, bye. Bye. <laughs>